What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prophecy Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Repack presented by Acme Packing Company. I'm Justin Mosqueda and I'm joined here by Tyler Brooke. Say what's up to people, Tyler. Oh, what's up, people? That was, at least it was fun is what I keep saying. At least it was fun. Yeah, we went out in a blaze of glory, right? That was an action movie. <laughs> it was a shootout. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Green Bay Packers by a score of 40 to 33. Uh, tight in the first half, not tight in the second half. The score is kind of, it looks like a one-score game, but it, it ended on an onside kick, right? So um, take that as you will in terms of how deceptive it was. Aaron Rodgers left. I mean, that's going to be the big story coming out of this. Um, he has an oblique injury. Um, he talked about it in the press conference. It sounded like it flared up in the first half, and then it just progressively got worse into the second. He ended up leaving in the third quarter. Um, you know, Jordan Love came in, threw a couple nice balls. Um, legitimately looks like he's progressing a little bit as a passer. Now, obviously, the Philadelphia Eagles didn't game plan for Jordan Love. He came off the bench. They don't have tape on him. You know, there's all those sort of caveats. Um, but he had 113 yards on nine pass attempts. Rodgers had 140 on 16 and three two picks. One of them was really bad. The, the blind throw um, to Tyler Davis, he ended up saying Tyler Davis was running the wrong route on that one. So I guess, you know, one one true interception, but – that was really the difference of the game. I mean, it felt like both teams were able to run at will. Um, the Packers only, surprisingly to me, only ran for 106 uh, rushing yards. I thought A.J. Dillon had one of the best games that he's had Easily. this whole season. I mean, he had 64 yards on eight carries, had a touchdown, his first touchdown since the opener. Um, you look at what the Eagles did, though, and, and that's what really separates them. I mean, if this wasn't an indictment, on defensive coordinator Joe Barry, I don't know what you need. Uh, they ran for 363 yards. I believe the Philadelphia Eagles, it was the most rushing yards that they had had since like 2015 or something in the first quarter. And Jalen Hurts oh, was going, sure. yeah, Jalen Hurts had 100 something rushing yards in the first quarter. I mean, they couldn't bring guys down the entire game. Meanwhile, that was with the change of having Rudy Ford, who's, you know, the special teams ace pretty good tackler, all that stuff, subbing in for Darnell Savage, who's more of like the, in theory, at least, coverage safety, right? Um, hasn't really been breaking that way for him this year. He ended up coming in for one defensive play. He was going to play a dime. Uh, he went from basically, you know, starting safety to the, the dime back, ended up going out with a foot injury, didn't come back. They had x-rays, all that stuff. Weird game. Um Packers kind of played offbeat the entire time. Some of these things worked, but at the end of the day, it's like the passing offense wasn't good enough and they can't tackle people. And that's been the two things that have really hurt them the entire season. It was the most rushing yards the Eagles have had in the game since 1948, 
when the rushing leaders were Steve Van Buren, Bosch Pritchard, Jack Myers, and Noble Doss against the Washington Redskins. Oh 70 years. Goodness. 70, 74 years. Dude, so Steve Van Buren was born in 1920. Goodness gracious. His it's the Los Ram Angeles Bam. Angels Tungsten Armo Doyle meme all over again. It's, yeah. Uh, should we should we have a Kenny Clark conversation real quick? I'm ready to have a Kenny Clark conversation. Where has he been for the last month and a half? Nowhere. Yeah. And we complain all the time about Dean Lowry and Jaron Reed and like where the hell's Devontae Wyatt? Why isn't he playing? But like Kenny's Kenny's not holding his weight either right now. And that's that's concerning. Yeah. He at least had that beginning of the season stretch where, you know, all the pressure metrics, right? Where like uh Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Kenny Clark, like all three of them are, are super high, but yeah, I mean, Kenny, I, I think I talked about it a little bit last week with, with Tex, but Kenny's just not getting penetration plays. I mean, no one really is right now. Um, yeah. Other than uh, our boy, Kingsley Inabari, just the JJ, he oh. might be their best defender right now, and that's scary. He might be the – well, I was going to say best draft pick, but that belongs to Christian Watson. He might be the second best draft pick from this class right now. Yeah. He's playing really well. He's pretty, playing pretty good. Um, if if you guys aren't keeping to date with kind of some of these roster transactions and stuff, like Kingsley Anikbar is the rookie from South Carolina. He was a guy who I believe pre-draft he was being talked about as like a second-round pick, like late second-round pick, somewhere like second, yeah. third. Ended up falling down to the fifth round, didn't have great testing numbers. He's getting legitimately better every week. I wrote that up for Acme Packing Company. Um, last week I put put up like a little super cut of just kind of the plays that he's ended up making this season. Um, and then the surprise guy is Justin Hollins, the guy that they got off of waivers from the Los Angeles Rams. He's more of the super athlete type of guy just from like his athletic profile standpoint. And he was making some plays too. I mean, he th- those guys, you could tell when they're in the game compared to like a guy like Garvin, who, you know, you run read option at Garvin. And oh. He doesn't have a shot. Does not have a shot. Yeah, I actually like the idea of having the second unit of edges next year. I mean, we obviously it's only one game, but I would love to see Enigbari and Hollins followed by Preston and Gary. Or um, you know, we've talked a little bit about Tyree Wilson, but that's uh, that's draft talk. That's a few months away, maybe a week, uh, maybe a week. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Rodgers <laughs> talked about. So Rodgers left. With, with the obliques injury, it seems like the thumb injury has been bothering him um, probably more and more, even though they're not saying, you know, it's getting worse or anything like that. The reports came out with, uh, you know, Ian Rappaport uh, broke the news of, like, what kind of uh, injury it was to his thumb. It sounds like basically a ligament got yanked so hard in his thumb that it pulled off a piece of the bone. And the ligament and the bone – yeah, the the – the floating piece of bone is still attached to the ligament. So it sounds like that's what's Gross. happening. They said usually that ends up taking surgery. Roger said um, earlier this week that he doesn't expect to have surgery in season or in the off season. So I don't know what that means. If it's just going to heal naturally. He got asked about that in the post-game presser. We know what that means. Alternative I, I guess, medicine. <laughs> I guess, but he said that he ta- he was talking with the team doc and he's like, yeah, I don't think I have to have surgery. Like I talked to him about that. Um 
one thing he did mention, he expects to play if they clear him with the oblique surgery. So yep. the the question then becomes like, when, it has to be mathematically eliminated, right? It, it's basically what he said. He was like, as long as there is a chance, I want to be out there. But once there is not a chance, like, I'll do whatever I'm told. Um, as it stands currently, the Green Bay Packers have a 3% chance to make the playoffs according to 538. That is the one, two, three, four, five. That's the six lowest odds of any team in the league. That's only um, better than the Arizona Cardinals, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Denver Broncos, the Chicago Bears. Hey, hey, down there. Oh. And uh, the Houston Texans. By the way, we play the Bears this week, and we're one game behind in all-time wins. Um, not that anyone's counting. Uh, so we're not mathematically eliminated, but I feel like any reasonable person has ruled us out at this point. Um, I know a lot of people want to see Jordan Love, but at the end of the day, it's we're going into week 13, and Aaron Rodgers' contract is so big, and he has that big red button of just like dead caps hit immediately if I retire that. You just kind of do what he says at this point. And I know that's kind of like a frustrating thing, but like when you give that guy a $60 million per year contract, that's what ends up happening. I think the frustrating part about the situation is like at this point, you have to see what love can do. You have to get him games because his fifth year option is coming up, right? They have to make that decision before next year. Correct. Yeah. I just don't think they're going to pick it up. They don't have the cap space. No. They're just what a mess. So it's going to, yeah. I mean, what do we think? I mean, one, do we think Rogers is coming back? I know he's going to do the whole off season thing, all that at this point, I think he's probably going to come back. Do you think this is how he's going to want to go out with a busted thumb and all that stuff? And, you know, maybe a four win team. I, I can't imagine Mr. Control my own narrative is going to want that. There's a lot of factors that make me think that he's, he's coming back. Yeah. This, the lack of losses. I think he's starting to see something out of these rookie receivers. Uh, so being able to throw to Christian Watson, Watson and Dubs next year, yeah. I think that's got to be a little enticing. Um, Bakhtiari looks fully healthy, which is nice. Yeah. Um, and also Tom Brady's probably done after this year and he doesn't want to share a hall of fame stage with Brady. <laughs> I wouldn't either to be fair. No, of course not. It would be an entire event of look how awesome Tom Brady is. And you're like, by the way, I was a three, four-time MVP and uh, I won a Super Bowl. <laughs> nah, no one cares. So the big old elephant in the room right now is defensive coordinator situation with the Packers, right? Jim oh, Leonard boy. didn't get the Wisconsin job. Um, for those who are asking, why are we talking about Wisconsin football? Um, I'm sure a lot of you are aware you're either Wisconsin fans or some sort of fan of a Big Ten team. Like, you know, Ty- Tyler's got his Indiana Hoosiers. Um, oh, Jim- can we not Can we not talk about Indiana Hoosiers <laughs> football? I'm just saying you guys gave Purdue uh, a chance to win a Big Ten title this weekend. Um, uh, that's even Jim- worse. That's so much worse. Jim Leonard. He was Matt LaFleur's first choice to replace Mike Pettin once Mike Pettin was let go. Um the the thing with Leonard was always he's a son of Wisconsin. So you have that whole thing going for you. Um he ended up getting a shot as the interim head coach when Paul Chris got canned, right? 
I think everyone thought it was Jim Leonard's job once Lance Leipold signed that extension with Kansas. Leipold is another guy from Wisconsin. I think he's from he was like Whitewater or Stevens Point. I can't remember which yeah. one. Um, Whitewater sounds right. Yeah. Once Leipold signed that extension, it seemed like, oh, they're just going to roll the Leonard interim tag right off of his title, and he's just going to be the head coach. Nope. In comes Luke Fickle from Cincinnati. Luke Fickle is a guy who took Cincinnati to the playoffs last year. Based off of the guys that I've talked to, it seems like he's kind of learned the limitations at being at the G5 level for an extended period of time. Now in the portal area era, the NIL era, which seems like that's where Wisconsin's thinks that they've been deficient recently. So this is kind of like a match made in heaven for those two. Well, that leaves Jim Leonard without a job. And again, he was Lafleur's first op- or first offer for the defensive coordinator. Who he turned it down. He ended up signing Joe Barry, who you know he had prior experience with. We're on full blown Jim Leonard watch, right? Like, I I, I we- don't know what job is more enticing than Grayway. I know a lot of people point to things like, you know, you'll be the scapegoat, right? Like if this doesn't work out, like you're going to be the one pointed to, but like. It's going to be the same thing if you go to Bama and you don't want to ring. Like, th- yeah. that doesn't really change anything. If I guess it just depends, like, what does he think is going to fast-track him into a head coaching career quicker? Is it going to be at the NFL level or is it going to be at the college level? Because I'm sure he could get a Mac head coaching job right now. If he wanted to go coach Akron or Central Michigan or whatever, he could get that job. It's just he probably doesn't want that. And honestly, probably make more as an NFL defensive coordinator, so. And I think there's something to be said for jumping from college to the NFL. Uh, I, I mean, we saw it with Matt Rule. You kind of get a pass if you struggle in the NFL. And like, ah, that's just like not meant for you. You're a college guy, right? Yeah. So he can try and make that jump, but if it doesn't work out, like, I don't think it really hurts his stock or job security if he wants to go back to the college level. Um, and we did talk about this on the Twitter spaces. There's like a 90% chance someone already reached out to the lender. Like, yeah. that has to be. Yeah. His representation at the very least. I don't know if it would be him directly, but at least uh hey, you up? <laughs> one of one of those. Um again, we I just mean, gave up 350 rushing yards to the Eagles, you up? Uh, yeah, I mean w- one off of a long break, right? And then two right after you gave up 333 passing yards to Ryan Tannehill, who yep. doesn't do these things, right? He doesn't throw for not with those wide receivers, not this year. So it seems like they can only do one thing and you got to be able to do both. You're not good enough. Does Joe Barry make it through the week? I mean, if their whole mentality is just mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, I I think he makes it. But I mean, at that point, like what's even the point, right? I mean, if there's two weeks left in the season, what's the point of, letting someone else be the interim defensive coordinator. I just, I just think of that number and Mark Murphy or LaFleur being like, someone's, someone's got to go after that. That's a, that is the most embarrassing statistic of the season. I think it's just when you see that, I think they average what 7.9 yards of rushing attempt. It was that, or like the Amari has more, it has fumbles more fumbles than catches. than catches. Yeah, it has to be one of those two. Speaking of return men, Keyshawn Nixon. That Ooh. guy's the truth, man. 
<laughs> he runs uh, like his hair's on fire, and it's really chaotic, and I absolutely love it. He just refuses to go down, too. I think no, that's what makes him so hard good as hell. Return. Yeah. Hard as hell and fast as hell. He had five kickoff returns for 172 yards, a long of 53. Jesus. Yeah, average 340, uh, 304 yards. I mean, he almost yeah. had. Let me look this up. He had 172 rushing yards or kick return yards. That's more than they had rushing yards. That's damn near almost as much as they had passing. That's more than Aaron Rodgers had passing. So, like, I mean, he's, isn't he's, that more than Amari Rodgers had in return yards for his career? Oh, my goodness. I'll look it up. If that's true, I'm even more mad. I can't believe he got picked up by the Texans. No, Amari had, Amari had more than that. But that's like a season of Amari pun returns or kickoff returns. Oh my in, gosh. In, in a single game is basically what he did. Um, he has the Naheem's Naheem Hines mentality of like, I'm not afraid to die when I'm returning. Yeah. And he's going to be a free agent. I mean, we'll see if they're going to be able to keep him with how their cap situation is going to be, but not, not great. Not great. Um, there were a couple weird moves in terms of the personnel in this game. So Tenuta, who they picked up as a tackle. He was picked off of waivers from the Indianapolis Colts. He was a draft pick. He was active in this game. And you're asking, why was that guy active? He hasn't been active all year. It's because Sean Ryan, third-round pick, is on a six-game PED suspension that if you can count the games, there's five games You know, coming into this. There were six games left in the season. So he's out for the rest of the year unless they make the playoffs, right? Um, he got the nod over Rasheed Walker, who was the seventh-round pick. So Walker, I think, is on that cutting edge of, of being let go to go back down to the practice squad. The other thing that's going to be interesting is Caleb Jones, who is out with mono. Um, he's been out since, I think, the first month of the season. Um, he's been des- designated to return now. So we're about to get some sort of a long jam at the tackle position. The Packers, I believe, as of now, do not have a practice squad offensive lineman. So that's a move that you can kind of expect moving forward. The other thing, Justin Hollins got, got active again. He started practicing. He was picked off of waivers uh, by the Rams. He started practicing with the team on Thursday. He's playing, you know, who's not playing Jonathan Abram. Who's picked off of waivers yeah. from the, the Las Vegas Raiders. He played special teams in his first two games. Um, they might be, they might be saying, Enough of this. He's on a one-year deal anyway. That's the end of that experiment. So a- Abram is a guy who's on the cutting edge, I think, of the roster right now. Um, the roster sits at 52 players, again, because of the Ryan suspension. The one thing that's interesting is they only have two running backs on the team because Patrick Taylor um, got dropped down for the Justin Hollins pickup. I wouldn't be surprised if he moved up. But again, Caleb Jones is going to is designated for return. Are they going to keep him? Are they going to make a decision between him and Walker? Are they just going to add another offensive lineman? I think at one point this season they had eleven offensive linemen on the team on the fifty three man roster. So it wouldn't be surprising if they did just add another receiver or another t- uh, tackle. And then Tipanalia is going to come back too. And I I think that's another one where it's like there's long jam at outside linebacker now. I think at this point Tipa is a significant tri- contributor on special teams, especially considering the fact that he's on punt protection. Um, I think that's the point where you start looking at Garvin and you're like, what do you do here? 
I don't think you do anything. I think you're like fifth best pass rushing outside linebacker on the team. It's not for Paul you to go. Mullins had a more production in one single game in Green Bay than Garvin's had in his entire career. He's not good. He's not. He's not a good football player. I don't know why they drafted him. I can't believe. I'd rather have Kobe Jones back. Yeah, there's nothing wrong. Kobe Jones got in the game and then they cut him the next week. It was weird. Um, we talked about Rudy Ford at safety. The the Packers did a really weird thing today. They played a lot of four man fronts. Um, that's not really what they've done. And maybe that's the post Rashawn Gary adjustment when you're not going against a team like the Tennessee Titans, right? Um, the other the other option is you're just trying to keep more linebackers on the field and you're not trying to have Quay Walker play sideline to sideline trying to stop Jalen Hurts. But I mean, whatever their plan was, it didn't work. Um, they got into four man fronts, a whole lot of nickel, a little bit of a, a little bit of dime. Again, um, Savage was supposed to be that dime back and he ended up getting hurt. The other thing, I don't know if it's a game plan thing or just like a plan moving forward is the Rudy Ford over Darnell Savage thing, right? Like Darnell Savage is going to have, I think it's close to a $9 million fifth year option that he's going to be playing on next playing on next year. And it's fully guaranteed. Right. Um, was that just a move to get a better tackler on the field against the Eagles? And Ford probably was the best tackler on the team. So, you know, all the jokes like, ha, 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 that didn't help. It probably could have been worse if Savage was out there. That's um, so depressing. Yes, it really could have been worse. <laughs> so I don't know if that was something that, like, if, if Savage is healthy, you know, for next game against the Bears, is he going to end up playing against Trevor Simeon or whatever they end up trotting out? Or is it going to be Ford? I, I don't have an answer there. And I don't think that LeFleur was asked either because there's just so many damn things that happened in this game. I will say it. I, I mean, I loved watching Rudy Ford's tape against Dallas. Uh, you know, the picks aside, because I thought those were kind of gimme picks. I just love the way he fits and run fits the alley. Like, it's just phenomenal. He's so He's aggressive. aggressive as hell. He's- and he takes good pursuit angles. Like that's that's an underrated trait at that position. That can be really hard. Yeah. Um, I hope he stays around. I just like having a veteran like that that plays his ass off. And if you think about it, when we're talking about the safety situation, in reality, if you have to keep Savage because of that contract, it probably means Amos is gone and Ford's gonna have to fill that role. I think yeah, that's and true. He looked and he looked bad yeah. today. That that's what I was gonna say. I, I think Amos is gone. You know, that that was the one guy that they kind of they added the void years instead of extending this past offseason. And Tex and I yep. were like, what's up with that? Like Amos is a good player. Amos is really falling off of a cliff this year. And you start seeing like, oh, the aging heavier safety. Oh, that's what it looks like when the wheels start coming off. Um Goot probably made right right decision there. Probably made the right Sucks, decision. Sucks, man. Yeah, I he was uh, good good huge football fan. player. He was awesome. Yeah. I was a huge fan of him and everything he brought, you know, on and off the field. So, um, yeah, he's going to be one of many that are probably going to be gone. Speaking of, let's talk about one last guy before we get into the vibe checks. Mason Crosby, multiple touchbacks, oh, no. finally, but they barely made he's it. Drug right. tested. He's getting drug tested. A, cu- a couple of them hit around the 10 yard line and he missed the PAT. It's time. There's no way. I don't know. Ahmed is better than him, and they're they're not gonna maybe. I mean, I don't even think that they're gonna do it. In C, I think they have probably too much respect for Mason Crosby and what he's done 
I mean, he's yeah, he has to be the franchise like all time leading scorer. They're not going to cut him in season like that. But if they were really trying to do the whole like evaluation game once they're mathematically eliminated, Ahmed for for Mason Crosby is the move that you probably make with two weeks left in the season just to make sure that Ahmed has that experience under his belt. I just don't think it's coming. I think they're going to ride out with Mason, and it is what it is. Uh, we're just gonna we're you're gonna have to go back to your uh, system for. Uh, filtering college kickers because that actually worked out pretty well this year. seems like those guys are doing because Dicker, the kicker was on there, right? Yep. He's doing, he was doing stuff. It's really not that hard to find good kicker. You just have to like, you just have to wait by distance. It's really all it is. Um, The one guy is uh, that, that I caught this weekend was the Michigan guy. I like him. Yeah. We were watching that game. We were talking about, I mean, in the big, uh, What's Ohio State's one called? The Horseshoe. Oh, their stadium. The Horseshoe. Playing in the Horseshoe and nailing a 50-plus yard field goal. Like, that's some stones. Just, and there. drilled it. Drilled yeah. it. Like, it was nothing. Like, it was a PAT from the two-yard line. I was like, all right. That's an NFL kicker. Um, all right. We'll take it to break, and then we'll get into our vibe checks. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. All right, offensive side of the ball. I feel pretty happy about Dylan. I feel decent about the offensive line. I I, I think so. Rogers took um, three sacks, but if you watch them, like they're off of play action, and the offensive line isn't really messing up. Like, yeah, sure, they got edged a little bit, but it's like that's kind of how the protection is set up. I those are plays that you'd have to look at the all twenty-two and see, like. Is Rodgers missing someone who's wide open or not? Or are they running the wrong route? Or what's going on downfield? Because those are plays that the ball should have been out by the time pressure came home. So I'm not really worried about the offensive line. Uh, Josh 
Sweat had a sack. Uh, he was on facing Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari mm-hmm. didn't get his hands reset, but like he looped all the way back around off his art. Yeah, like, that's a coverage sack to me. Yep, a hundred percent. And there were some issues in the run game on the interior, um, but I don't think that there was like a ton of pressure or anything like that coming up front. Wide receiver. I mean, oh, Christian hold Watson. On. One last thing about one okay. last thing about offensive line. I watched Creed Humphrey again today. Oh, they made the wrong pick, man. It was so obvious at the time, too. Oh, he's so good. I watched yeah. him just bully people today. Uh, I think I think Myers is their weakest offensive lineman right now. Yeah, I really do. I agree. It's a bummer. Um, at wide receiver, Christian Watson, it, it, he really is like a superhuman after he gets that one drop under his belt. It's crazy. <laughs> that crosser hurt my brain. Like, it made no logical sense that he asked that. Um, I didn't see my favorite comp for him. Someone said that Christian Watson is just Martavis Bryant. And I was like, oh, wow. I don't know if Martavis ever had, what is it, six touchdowns in three games or whatever it is. Didn't he Maybe. have some stupid, like, 200-yard games when he was a rookie? Yeah. Aaron Jones had that long one, too, um, the 30-yard yep. touchdown. That was nice to see. I mean, that's something that, I feel like we've been waiting on all season because he does stuff out of the backfield, but to actually be able to run a route from the slot spot, I mean, that's kind of what we were hoping this pony package would look like. It wouldn't look like just variations of zone and RPOs off of it. I I think we were hoping more of the Le'Veon Bell type of stuff. What, you're not liking the swing motion inside zone plays over and over? No, and and they, they did all the cool stuff like two weeks ago. What was it against like yeah. Dallas where they were like, here's all the little wrinkles. And then they're like, well, we ran out of the little wrinkles. It's bad. It's back to the old stuff. You uh, want to use the wrinkles again? Nope. Inside zone. Let's wrap nope. No more wrinkle free, wrinkle free Packers. So offensively, and then the Jordan love thing. I mean, Jordan love was there a really like, I, I don't know if I would say any of the balls were bad. So he had six no. completions oh, the, out of nine, no sacks. There was that I thought one in the his end best zone ball was, was the drop. Really, yeah. The cover two hole. Oh my gosh. Just yeah. right through Jones' hands. That was a beautiful ball. Yeah. I I think that was a positive note to end on for, for the yeah. game. I mean, obviously, you know, the defense wasn't able to get the stop. They weren't able to get the onside kick. But like Jones was doing what Jones is doing. He got uh, 99 yards, so right just shy of 100. And then A.J. Dillon looked great. Christian Watson had his flashes. That's kind of what you wanted to get out of the offense. I would say probably like seven and a half out of 10 is where I'm at. On the offense, yeah, I think that's yeah. fair. Um, there are definitely reasons for optimism. Um, felt like Alan Lazard. Did he do anything today? I think he had one catch. Says he has he two, was, but yeah. He has two? Okay. It was just kind of a nothing burger. Uh, I need to see more DeGuar instead of instead of Tyler fucking Davis. Oh, sorry. No, you're Maybe good. Swear, you can't. No, he's, you uh, can swear. Oh, God. God damn, Tyler Davis. What do you do? You <laughs> ran the wrong route. Ran the wrong route for a pick. Like, what is the – that's the blind loyalty stuff. I'm going to go six and a half. Um, <laughs> you dock him a Rod- point for, for Tyler Davis. For Tyler Davis. Only in Rodgers being just obliterated. Like, that man needs to sit. He's 
he's playing through multiple injuries at this point. I I just don't get the the fan reaction of like if it's so bad, then why isn't why hasn't Lafleur told him to sit? And it's like, dude, Rogers is his boss. His boss, yeah. <laughs> Rogers makes sixty million dollars per year. He's everyone's boss now. He has the big red button that says every. If Rogers wanted to retire today, today, it would cause such a big issue for the Packers in terms of like salary cap and like what they can do moving forward. It would legitimately put almost everyone's job in the organization at risk to like have a conversation with their family and be like, we might have to move in a year because this team is so bad and we get canned. You and I might get rostered if that happens. Yeah. He has the big red button. We gave him the big red button. We're at the mercy of Aaron Rodgers now. I don't understand people who didn't come to terms with that when he signed the deal. What was Russ Ball thinking on that one, man? They wanted him back. He was a back-to-back MVP. He was a back-to-back MVP. I get why you do it. It's just, let's all come to terms with it. Like Aaron Rodgers is the boss now. Anyone that's listened to this podcast, it feels like kind of brought this on ourselves with the and he's coming back. We did. We 100% did. 1,000%. Defensively. Oh, gosh. Why I actually had a couple of plays. The problem was anytime he got any penetration play, they would run trap right at him, and he looked like he'd never seen it before. Um, I thought, you know, huge positives. On the edges. The fact that Enig Barre, yeah. again, consistently is getting better. Justin Hollins looks like he can play a little bit. I think that's massive for them. The inside backer yeah. situation is terrible. They were doing the thing where they're rotating Barnes and McDuffie. To me, they're both special teams players at this point. Um, hopefully, Campbell come, can come back. Campbell's been dealing with a knee since the Buffalo Bills game. Um, he finally started practicing with the team on Friday. He hadn't practiced before uh, since then. Hopefully he gets some reps soon because it's really hard to watch. <laughs> it's really hard to watch these guys line up and attempt to tackle football players. I watched Quay Walker, who was like the strongest defensive prospect I felt like I watched last year, get stiff armed by a five six running back today. Yep. That that sucked. Yeah. They got that... bullied, man. They got bullied. I it still did... I, I... I want to bring back up Rudy Ford though, again, because like he just he feels like he's the only player that gives a shit on the team and run run defense, and it's awesome. Yes. Yeah, it feels the defense is not so quiet quitting. Is what Jair it feels like is quiet way. quitting. Jair, Jair might have flexed after forearm shiving someone. Yeah, Jair forearm shipped a guy and then was like flexing after a nine yard gain. Yeah. And then got injured and then apparently was letting the fans have it as he was walking to the side. Because he was getting booed. He, yeah. He doesn't give a shit right now, man. It's a uh, I wouldn't I either, man. Him. Their defense has yeah. been crap this entire year and they're four and eight. I wouldn't care either. Um the DBs I think Abel struggled a lot. I mean they, they did a pretty good job of like stopping the passing game for the most part. Jalen Hurts had 137 net yards in the passing game on 30 dropbacks, it looks like, not including the scrambles. That's a 5.5 average. His passer rating was less than 100. From a cover standpoint, there's not too much to complain about. Um, their leading receiver was 
was um Devonta Smith, who ended up having 50 yards. So it's not like anyone really killed them. But it did, you know, the defensive backs did show up in the run game, though. I mean, that's that's where it's – it looks like Jair quit. It looks like Adrian Amos is washed. Darnell Savage can't get on the field and then got hurt. That's, you know, red flag after red flag. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a mess. Uh, Rasul, just a quiet year after mm-hmm. bursting onto the scene last year. And Stokes is out for the year. Yep. Just a lot of, a lot of bad. It'll be – Interesting to see what the heck they do when Stokes is healthy. Because while Douglas has had, you know, a more quiet season, I still kind of think Jair and, and Douglas are better outside corners than Stokes is. And maybe you put Stokes outside and Jair gets kicked inside, but they got to get better at that slot spot, I think. And they're already going to be Trade piece. up against it Trade piece. on the safety. Trade piece? I mean, I think his stock's okay. He had a really good rookie year. I think for a rookie He's hurt. He's hurt. I don't know if anyone's trained for a hurt hurt third-year player. Um, Who only wins on speed? Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. Defense. You gave up 363 yards (laughs) rushing. (laughs) A quarterback had 157 yards. Miles Sanders had a hundred. You almost give up the QB rushing record. Yeah, three different guys had ten plus yard gains. It's bad. I'm I'm giving you a minus fifty. Just a total no, lack of effort in the run game. One and a half. The half point being the edges and Rudy Ford. So wait, a half preach. That's fair. That's more than fair. Special teams. They had to correct themselves in the broadcast because they were praising Keyshawn Nixon. Like, the Packers special team has done a great job on returns tonight. <laughs> that was the best part because Mason messed up on, on the, the uh, PAT. Their kickoffs are landing short consistently. I mean, the, the one positive is, I guess, there wasn't a lot of punts in this game. Pat O'Donnell had two, one landed inside the 20. Eh. I'd say like a seven, but like Mason's cooked. I get why you're doing the Mason thing, but Mason's cooked. Compared to the last two seasons, so this season and last, it's a 12 out of 10. They returned some stuff, and it was exciting. When's the last time you got excited about a Packers special teams play? That is true. Jair tried to block that kick. Did you see that? Oh, I thought he blocked it. He was coming off hard, hard off of that edge. He's going to get one at some point. I, I thought Stokes was going to be able to get one too because Stokes is pretty good at that stuff. Just getting yeah. into a four point stance and get, getting explosive going around the edge. It's too bad he got Ooh. dinged up. Other special teams note uh, I actually really liked what they did with the onside kick. Uh, did you notice the alignment on that? Yeah, where they're all tight. And then I think it was Nixon, right? That was outside. Well, yeah, they're super tight on the left, and then on the right they're spread out, but Mason's like lined up like he's going to kick to the right. And it almost weirdly fooled Philly. So I thought huh. it was an in- a neat look. Almost worked. Almost. I've heard that one before. I Can you <laughs> – oh, man, are you excited to almost sign Jim Leonard in the hunt? In the hunt. In, all, in on every conversation, dude. In on oh, every conversation. Oh, my God. That'll be on Brian Gutekunst's tombstone. 
That'll be on his tombstone. We, we got to get him letters. They got to spend money on coordinators, man. This is one thing that's kind of been frustrating to look at. So, like, think of – and I don't really care about offense coordinator for Matt LaFleur because he is the offensive play caller, right? But look at, like, special teams. They've gone through, what, three guys? They fired the first guy. LaFleur tried to hire uh, Rizzi, right, from the Saints. He ended up becoming the highest paid special teams coordinator. And then they said, oh, okay, he's out of our, you know, our price range. Let's just promote the guy from within. And that's how he ended up getting Mo Drayton and, you know, points vaguely at the uh, 2021 Green Bay Packers and how that season ended, right? It doesn't, they don't spend money until it gets bad enough that they have to make that change. I mean, they didn't even buy uh, Mike Pettin out when McCarthy got canned. He ended up being a holdover for LaFleur. LaFleur tried to go after Leonard. Leonard turned him down, and then he's like, okay, I guess I'm going to hire the guy that I know from the Rams. I mean, that's how he ended up with Joe Barry. They got they got to swing big at defensive coordinator this year. They have to because you're not – by the time another but by the time you fire that defensive coordinator, Rodgers is retired. You got one more shot. Don't mess it up. Is, it, is there anyone else? Besides Leonard, if you can't get Leonard, man, what about maybe Mike Zimmer? Zim. I'd love Zim. I'd love I'd Zim love if he's Zim, available. Yeah. He's at uh, Jackson State with Deion Sanders right now, right? Is he really? Yeah, I think that's wow. the last last time that I that I uh, saw him. I think he was his DB's coach in Dallas. Um, the dynamic uh, would be interesting because Rogers loves that guy. Like he yeah. genuinely respects Zimmer. Yeah, I look. I'd like it. I'd enjoy it. Yeah. Get get any of these big name guys as a defensive coordinator. Any of these proven guys. Just show me some sort of like it's not even like what do they run? What do they blah 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 blah. It's just like show me you're being serious. Show me yeah. you're being serious. Like show show the commitment. That's all I want to see. That's it. That's it. Yep. Any uh any parting notes other than the Bears still suck? Oh. Draft talk is coming soon. Very soon. Are you excited that everyone's going to be like, we need a receiver. We need a receiver. We need a receiver. There's one wide receiver that will take that high. It's Quentin Johnson. There's, there's they're, one. They're taking the a defensive one. lineman or a pass rusher. They're going to do it. I promise. There's so many good ones this year. It's stacked at edge. Who's not going to be able to help like himself? The, edge, D-line. Oh, well, we've already talked about my D-line guy, Tui, Tuli Pelotu. Yeah. It's either Tuli or Tui. I keep getting it mixed up. but The USC kid. awesome. He went off against Notre Dame, too. It feels like every time I watch a game, he's just dominating. Something to uh, watch for on Friday. I think that's a standalone conference championship game on Friday is the Pac-12. Awesome. Maybe, maybe, maybe Mountain West. I don't remember how that ends Along up. Along with working. future Packers quarterback, Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams, yes. I can't. I'm I'm going off on the uh, the uh, tankers. How dare you? Look at this quarterback market. There's there's. I guess if you want Bryce Young, he's a short guy. History is really against the short. We've seen short guys get drafted now, pretty high. Drew Brees is still the best one out of all of them. Uh, it's, uh, to me, it's not the short. It's the rail fin. He's he is like very small. Yeah, he's, yeah, he looks like 180 pounds. He's the quarterback out of Alabama. Bryce Young 
CJ Stroud, that feels like it really does to me. It feels like Jared Goff all over again. And I know he's at a bigger program and all that stuff, but what he did against Michigan didn't necessarily surprise me. Will Levis is like Daniel Jones. I'm not super like interested Pettic, in this quarterback Pettics, class. Dude. No, Pettics, I love Pettix. Yes. I'm all in. I'm all in the on third it. round. A left-handed quarterback. I'm sure Rogers will just throw those missiles, dude. Love that. Um, the 2024 quarterback class is the one to highlight. They got Drake oh, yeah. May out of North Carolina, Caleb Williams out of USC. Those are two guys who look like legitimate NFL quarterbacks. Drake may just watch if you haven't seen him, because I know, you know, this part of the country, you're not watching a whole ton of North Carolina and they're not putting those games on television the same way that they're putting USC and stuff up. Just watch the fourth quarter of Drake may and in overtime against NC state this last weekend, dude blacks out and almost single-handedly wills his team into winning that rivalry game with a team that's foaming at the mouth trying to beat him while his own offensive coordinator is actively trying to play against him. His offensive coordinator was griefing. It was crazy. Those are two guys that you watch any game and you can immediately like, it's like the, I always call it like the five-year-old test, right? Like if you could have a five-year-old and be like, who's the best player on this field? And they could point to him. Like that's Drake May and Caleb Williams in any individual game that they're in. Yep. Yep. Don't want to tank this year. I don't want to do it. I want to embrace the tank next year. I want to tank next year. I want to tank next Let year. Let Rodgers hit the big red button. Look, if Ro- are you on the same page with me on the like? If Rodgers comes to you with a trade, he he says, "Hey, this offseason I want to trade. I don't think this is working out the same way that I signed. Like this, it's not what I signed up for." I think at this point you appease him, right? I mean, you get drafted. Buddy, I'd let him retire for nothing. Away. So, yeah, I'd let him retire for nothing at this point. I'll take the draft mix, dude. Yeah, that's where I'm at. So, all right, go Pack Go. Let's beat the Bears this week again. Yes, that's the one thing I want to do. I want to accomplish this year. I want to pass the Bears in all-time wins. We've been so close all year. Dude, I don't want to be right there and then just never pass them. We need to pass the Bears before we tank. I won't allow it. I won't allow it. Keep it tuned to the site. Um, we'll have all the injury news and quotes and stuff up there. Hopefully, we get good news on the injury front. Hopefully, Devondre Campbell comes back so we don't give up a billion rushing yards next week. Go, Pat, go. Question mark. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.